define acute kidney injury. Acute kidney injury is a clinical pathological entity where there is acute reduction of renal function with morphological tubular injury. But you just have to have acute reduction of renal function and tubular injury, and it's reversible. What are the causes of AKI? So ischemia slash abnormal blood flow. Um, systemic associated with thrombosis, i.e. Huss, TTP, DIC, or hypovolemia. Um, intrarenal, which could be due to angiopathies, malignant hypertension. So ischemia, two, toxic injury to glomeruli or tubules, e.g. myoglobulin, drugs, and contrast. Three, acute tubular interstitial nephritis, hypersensitivity reaction to drugs, IgA nephropathy. And four, obstruction, so postrenal, and that can be tumour. Clots or stones. <clears throat> so, ischemia, toxic injury to the glomeruli tubules, acute tubular interstitial nephritis, or obstruction. Um, what causes acute kidney injury? So, one, the commonest cause is ischemia due to either hypotension, vasoconstriction, or capsular tamponade or direct toxic injury, e.g. through aspirin, aminoglycosides, contrast, myoglobin, crystals, protein, or acute tubulointerstitial nephritis due to infections, heavy metals, hypersensitivity reaction, or post-renal urinary obstruction, e.g. in DIC or sepsis. Um, so, ischemia direct toxic injury, acute tubular interstitial nephritis or post-renal urinary obstruction. Um, how does urine output often change with time following acute kidney injury? So the urine output during an AKI is highly variable, but in the initiation phase you often have a decreased urine output with elevated urea within less than 36 hours. During the maintenance phase, you have a sustained decreased output, uh, like 40 to 400 ml per day. Uh, you get salt and water overload, uremia, hyperkalemia, and a metabolic acidosis. Then during the recovery phase, you get increased output in hypokalemia. And during this time, you're more vulnerable to infection. So initiation, decreased urine output, um, elevated urea, maintenance phase, sustained decreased output, salt water overload, uremia, hypokalemia, metabolic acidosis, and then recovery phase, increased output and hypokalemia, more susceptible to infections. Uh, define acute kidney injury, clinicopath entity, acute reduction of renal function with morphological tubular injury. And it can be ischemic, toxic, acute tubular interstitial nephritis or obstructive, e.g. tumor or clot.
and the course is variable. Right, you had to get decrease urine output over 36 hours, then you get sustained decrease output and increased potassium and hydrogen, salt and water. And then eventually you get large urine outputs and the electrolytes normalise. What are the most likely causes of this in a 70 year old lady? So ischemic injury from hypovolemia or hypertension from a femur fracture plus minus inability to get water or myoglobin deposit from rhabdo. What are the causes of acute tubular necrosis? So ischemic, which can be hypotension, vasoconstriction, intracapsular pressure, direct toxic injury via aminoglycosides, amphotesterin, sulfur, or other substances such as contrast myoglobin crystals and proteins. Acute tubulointerstitial nephritis, urinary obstruction, which is post-renal, or DIC or sepsis. What substances can cause damage to the renal tubules? Oh, uh, describe the phases of acute tubular necrosis. So decreased urine output and elevated urea for the first 36 hours, which is the initiation phase. Then the maintenance phase where you have sustained decreased output, salt and water overload, uremia and hyperkalemia. And then the recovery phase where you have increased output, possibly polyuria, hypokalemia, and you're vulnerable to infection. What are the manifestations of nephrotic syndrome? So you get massive proteinuria with daily losses of 3.5 grams or more of protein, less in children. Hypoalbuminemia with plasma albumin levels less than 30. Generalised edema and hyperlipidemia and lipiduria. What are the mechanisms of the edema? So you have loss of colloid osmotic pressure within the capillaries due to protein losses, loss of serum albumin, um, accumulation of water and sodium in tissues, um, compensatory secretion of aldosterone, which is mediated by, via hypovolemia, increases ADH, increased sympathetic system drive. What are the underlying processes responsible for this, these features of um, nephrotic syndrome, which is massive proteinuria, hypoalbuminemia, edema, hyperlipidemia, and lipiduria? Um, so derangement of the cap glomerular capillary walls results in increased permeability to plasma proteins. Either structural damage or physiochemical alterations result in multiple proteinuria. So derangement of the glomerular capillary walls. Um, hypoalbuminemia is either due to the same thing, the derangement of the capillary walls resulting in increased perm to plasma proteins, or um, the inability of the liver, liver to synthesize enough to replace albumin. And finally, increased renal catabolism of filtered albumin. The generalised edema is secondary to 
loss of colloid osmotic pressure of the blood, which is compounded by sodium and water retention due to the activation of the renin-angiotensin system, enhanced ADH secretion, um, stimulation of sympathetic system and reduction in natriuretic factors. So generalised edema is secondary to loss of the colloid osmotic pressure of blood and compounded by sodium water retention due to the activation of the renin-angiotensin system and increased ADH, um, reducing natriuretic factors. Hyperlipidemia um, is complex, but basically causes include increased liver synthesis, abnormal lipid transport and decreased catabolism. And lipiduria is a combination of increased production and increased glomerular permeability. What are the causes of nephrotic syndrome? So you have <clears throat> primary glomerular disease, uh, which is 95% kids, 60% adults. Um, in kids, you have minimal change disease, focal segmental, membranoproliferative and other, i.e. membranous. In adults, focal segmental, membranous, minimal change and membranoproliferative. So basically in kids it's more likely to be minimal change, in adults it's more likely to be focal segmental. Um, or else it can be due to a systemic disease rather than a primary glomerular disease. Um, the systemic diseases is more likely to occur in adults, which makes sense. So that's like diabetes, amyloidosis, SLE, HIV, malignancy. All right. Describe the etiology and pathogenesis of post-strep gene. So there's group A beta hemolytic streptococci um, infection, typically post-pharyngeal skin infections such as impetigo, um, which sometimes can be an epidemic like in overcrowded or unsanitary conditions. Um, and risk factors here would be 3 to 35 crowded home Māori or Pacific Islander. And it's an immunologically mediated disease, either type 2 or 3, um, so you have circulating antigen or deposition disease. You get granular immune deposits in the glomeruli, IgG and C3, particularly in the um, basement membrane, leading to leaky glomeruli. Then you get strep antigen, which is found in the glomeruli. Um, complement activation which results in low serum complement you get elevated titers of ASO um, and nephritis associated streptococcal plasmin receptor NAP -er, and strep pyrogenic exotoxin B um, so describe the clinical features of post-strep gene. So it usually occurs one to four weeks after a strep infection of the pharynx or the skin. You have malaise, fever, nausea, oliguria and hematuria. You can have root cells, casts, mild proteinuria, 
um, periorbital and other edema, mild to moderate hypertension. Um, 95% recover pretty quickly within one to three weeks, but 4% will be chronic and 1% will have severe acute renal failure. The adult onset has a worse prognosis. And they almost always have depleted complement 3 and strep antigens, like ASO, titer, elevated. Again, what is the pathogenesis of post-strep GN? So it's initiated by group B hemolytic streptococcal infection. Uh, usually pharyngitis or impetigo, 90% due to types 1, 4, 12 with the cell wall M protein. which causes a cross-reactivity. Antibody and immune complex production over one to four weeks occurs. Immune complex deposition in the glomeruli, and that's IgG and C3, and then you get acute proliferative glomerular nephritis. What is the clinical course of the disease in children? So recent strep infection and then abrupt onset of fever, malaise, nausea, decreased urine output and hematuria. Then develop edema and can have mild to moderate hypertension. Red cell casts in the urine and mild proteinuria. 95% um, fully recover. Um, but 4% will have chronic GN and 1% will have rapidly progressive GN. How does the clinical course differ in adults? So in adults it's less benign. Um, about 60% fully recover. Um, but they can have prolonged proteinuria, and hypertension. Uh, it's usually slower to resolve and more likely to have chronic GN or rapidly progressive GN. Um, infections by what types of strep can lead to GN? So strains of group A beta hemolytic strep with M wall protein, occasionally others. Um, what is the glomerular damage? So it's latent period of one to four weeks, immune complex disease, several potential antigens involved, antigens like the glomeruli. They also activate complement cascade. Um, do streptococci produce any harmful antigens? Yes! Um, what abnormalities are seen in the urine in a patient with glomerular nephritis? Blood, protein, casts, debris. What are the proposed pathogenesis and consequences of preeclampsia? So placental ischemia is a key feature, leading to reduction in PGI2, PGE2. Um, increased renin angiotensin 2, increased thromboxane and endothelial dysfunction, 
resulting in systemic hypertension and DIC. So again, placental ischemia leading to reduction in PGI2 and PGE2, increased renin angiotensin 2, increased thromboxane and endothelial dysfunction, and then systemic hypertension and DIC. Describe how the clinical course of preeclampsia. So it usually starts after 32 weeks, um, and it's characterized by hypertension, edema, and proteinuria. Headache and visual disturbances are common. Eclampsia is characterized by convulsions and coma. Describe the morphological changes in the placenta. So placental infarcts, retroplacental hematomas, villus ischemia, prominent syncytial knots, thickened trophoblastic membrane, basement membrane, villus, hypovascularity, fibrinoid necrosis, intramural lipid deposition, placental infarcts, retroplacental hematomas, villus ischemia, prominence in city or knots, thickened trophoblastic membrane, villus, hypovascularity, fibrinoid necrosis, and intramural lipid deposition. Which organisms cause acute pyelonephritis? So gram-negative bacilli account for 85% of UTIs. Normally it's endogenous organisms such as E. coli, Proteus, Klebsiella, Enterobacter, Streptococcus, um, but others include staph, fungi and in some immunocompromised or like renal transplant patients you can get viral UTIs as well. Um, so gram-negative bacilli, usually endogenous organisms such as E. coli, Proteus, Klebsiella and Enterobacter or Streptococcus, um, otherwise staph, fungi and occasionally viruses. What steps are involved in ascending infection of the urinary tract? So, one, colonisation of the distal urethra. Two, entry into the bladder. Three, urinary tract obstruction. And stasis of urine. Four, vesicourethric reflux. And five, intrarenal reflux. What organisms cause acute pyelonephritis, so gram-negative bacilli, endogenous organisms, E. coli, Proteus, Glebsiella, Enterobacter, Streptococcus, and other include staph and fungi. Um, what steps are involved in sending infection? Colonization of the distal urethra, entry into the bladder, urinary tract obstruction, slash stasis of urine, then vesicourethric reflux, and intrarenal reflux. What are the features of chronic pylo? So chronic equals chronic reflux or obstruction causes pelvicalocele damage. Recurrent infections lead to chronic bouts of renal inflammation and scarring. <clears throat> what are the causes of urinary tract obstruction? So you have congenital causes. Um... Urethral valves and structures, bladder neck obstruction, ureto-pelvic narrowing, reflux, calculi, uh, prostatic hypertrophy, tumours, prostate, bladder, cervix, uterus, inflammation, prostatitis, urethritis, ureteritis, retroperitoneal fibrosis, uh, 
sloughed papillae, clots, pregnancy, uterine prolapse, cystocele, and then functional. So it could be neurogenic, like spinal cord problems or a diabetic, or dysfunctional. Ureter or bladder. So it could be congenital, urethral valves and structures, bladder neck obstruction, ureteropelvic narrowing, reflux, calculi, prostatic hypertrophy, then tumours of either the prostate, the bladder, the cervix or the uterus, um, inflammation with prostatitis, urethritis, ureteritis, retroperitoneal fibrosis, Sloughed papillae, clots, pregnancy, uterine prolapse, cystocele, functional neurogenic, spinal cord or diabetic, dysfunctional ureter or bladder. Um, but basically, you just need calculi, prostatic hypertrophy, and tumors. And one more like congenital or functional pregnancy. What are the clinical features of acute obstruction? Pain due to distension or symptoms of the underlying process, e.g. in renal colic, Lutz, in prostatic disease, lower urinary tract symptoms, um, or it can be asymptomatic if it's unilateral or unilateral complete or partial. Polyuria and nocturia, calculi, um, hypertension, distal tubular acidosis, oliguria or anuria, hyperkalemia, increased urea and creatinine. But that only occurs if it's complete and bilateral. What are the possible clinical sequelae of urinary tract obstruction? So infection. Stone formation, atrophy, hydronephrosis, obstructive uropathy, um, to renal failure, um, and then the complications of renal failure. So infection, stone formation, atrophy, hydronephrosis, obstructive uropathy, to renal failure, and then the complications of renal failure. What are the clinical features of acute obstruction? Pain due to distension or symptoms of the underlying process. Polyurin, nocturia, calculi, hypertension, distal tubular acidosis, oligo anuria, hyperkalemia, increased urea and creatinine. What conditions cause urinary tract obstruction? So extrinsic and intrinsic. Intrinsic causes include congenital abnormalities, posterior urethral valves, urethral structures, etc. Um, calculi, tumours, inflammation, prostatitis, uretitis, urethritis, blood clots, sloughed papillae, or extrinsic compressing factors such as tumours, BPH, retroperitoneal fibrosis, pregnancy, uterine prolapse and cystocele, functional disorders and neurogenic bladder. Um, describe the progressive effects of unrelieved obstruction on the ureter. So you get reduced glomerular filtration rate, 
progressive dilation of the proximal ureter, renal, pelvis and calyces, renal parenchymal atrophy, blunting apices of the pyramids, interstitial inflammation leading to interstitial fibrosis, enlargement of the kidney, um, eventually results in large, thin, walled, non-functional cystic structure. Um, so reduced glomerular filtration rate, progressive dilation of the proximal ureter, renal pelvis and calyces, so hydronephrosis, then renal parenchymal atrophy, blunting of the apices of the pyramids, interstitial inflammation leading to interstitial fibrosis, enlargement of the kidney, and eventually results in a large, thin, non-functional cystic structure. Describe the pathogenesis of preeclampsia. So you get endothelial dysfunction, vasoconstriction leads to hypertension, increase in vascular permeability causing proteinuria and edema. What is the clinical cause of preeclampsia? So normally it occurs over 34 weeks, hypertension, edema, proteinuria, headache and visual disturbances. You can also have rhyocodrope LF2 abnormalities. Um, and eclampsia is the progression to seizures and comas. Oh, but I guess the LFTs is PET. Um, <clears throat> what morphological changes occur in the placenta? Infarcts, hematomas, villus ischemia, syncytial knots, fibroid necrosis. Infarcts, hematomas, villus ischemia, villus ischemia, sensitial knots and fibrinoid necrosis. What are the main types of renal calculi? So calcium, oxalate and phosphate. Um, counts for 70%. Striruvate or triple, i.e. Magnesium ammonium phosphate accounts for 15 to 20%, and then uric acid and finally cysteine. So, calcium oxalate and phosphate, striruvate or triple, uric acid, cysteine, calcium oxalate, phosphate, striruvate or triple, uric acid, and cysteine. What conditions in urine favor stone formation? Increased concentration of stone constituents. Changes in urinary pH, decreased urine volume, and bacteria. So increased concentration of stone constituents. Changes in urinary pH, decreased urine volume, and bacteria. Increased concentration of stone constituents, changes in urinary pH, decreased urine volume, and bacteria. Um, and what are the complications? Pain, hematuria, infection obstructive renal impairment. Um, so mainly the stones are calcium oxalate, then you have um, idiopathic hypercalcuria, hypercalcuria and hypercalcemia, hypercalcemia only, hyperoxaluria, that's weird. Um, so calcium oxalate, magnesium, ammonium, phosphate. 
which is strobruvate, um, uric acid, cysteine. What is the pathogenesis of renal stone? So you have increased concentration of stone constituents, change in urinary pH, decrease urine volume infection like bacteria, deficiency in inhibitors or pyrophosphates, diphosphonates, citrate, glycoaminoglycans, osteoporosis. What factors may lead to the formation of striruvate calculi? So anatomic factors such as polycystic kidneys, a horseshoe kidney, sponge kidneys, diverticuli, reflux, two, dehydration or concentration of urine, three, substance formed by urea splitting bacteria, i.e. proteus, Klebsiella, and pseudomonas, and then metabolic causes, so anatomic so weirdness like polycystic horseshoe sponge diverticular reflux, concentration of urine, substance, substrate performed by urea splitting bacteria or metabolic causes. Are there any general factors that could lead to the formation of crystals? So those. Um, what are the potential complications of renal calculi? Infection, renal parenchymal damage, obstruction, bleeding, pain, renal failure. Uh, uh, uh. 